Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Wow, buddy! You look healthy and happy. Veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. That's why he developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Hmm. Maybe I should try some of your pet food myself. Okay, okay. I'll start with a salad. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my brand new podcast, Beast, The Murder of Nora Sheehan. Streaming now, wherever you get your podcasts. The prosecution are now saying that Whitney is the boss. She is the mob lady. She is in charge of this gang. She was released on compassionate bail to attend her father's funeral. Whitney, at this stage, I think she's only 31. Then she tried to get her bail conditions changed. She said she wanted to go to Dublin. The PSNI opposed this. The reason why they opposed it is they're saying that she has quite a network in the Dublin area. She's the head of an organised crime group in Newry. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. The PSNI has told a court that the daughter of a drug dealer shot dead last year is the head of an organised crime group. Mark the Chicken Lavelle was gunned down in Newry in December, a killing believed to have been ordered by a local drug gang. But now it's alleged that Whitney Hughes, 31, who faces a series of drug charges, has become the outfit's top dog. Today, I'm talking with Belfast Telegraph crime correspondent Alison Morris about a woman accused of sitting at the top of a man's world. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So you guys get all the good stories, can I just say, by the way, the PSNI gives so much information into court cases and gives so many sort of headlines all the time and, and sometimes the Crown prosecutors as well. Um, because actually there's two things in, in, in what we're going to talk about. But firstly, um, Mark the Chicken Lavelle's daughter, Whitney, um, clearly born maybe when there was a certain female songstress at the height of her fame. But anyway, she has basically been been named in court this week as the head of an organised crime group, which is just so unusual for a woman, a 31-year-old in this case, to be named as that. It is. And the thing is that what the allegation against her is, and remember these are only allegations, she's currently on remand awaiting trial, is that she has basically taken over from the fact that her father 
um, Mark Lavelle was murdered as part of this feud, but also her brother, Ebony Hughes, again, musical reference there, is missing and no one knows where Ebony is. Ebony's taken himself off. We believe him to be in Australia. Um, and by default, they they um, overseeing quite a large um, drugs empire. And by default, the prosecution are now saying that Whitney is the boss. She is the mob lady. She is in charge of this gang. Um, you know, those two men and her family, who she was said to have worked quite closely alongside, I think she faces around a, do- a dozen charges connected to um, the supply of drugs very serious drugs charges. She was released on compassionate bail to attend her father's funeral. Whitney, at this stage, I think she's only 31. Um, and then she tried to get her bail conditions changed. She said she wanted to go to Dublin for the weekend with her partner and the PSNI opposed this. The reason why they opposed it is they're saying that she has quite a network in the Dublin area. She's the head of an organised crime group in Newry. Mm-hmm. The officer told um, the court and so her application to change her bail conditions to cross the border was denied by the judge. But yeah, bail hearings um, in Northern Ireland can be really, really detailed. Um, sometimes it's interesting because some of the evidence that we report that's presented in bail hearings doesn't actually make it into the actual trial. Um, and at times, you know, the defence will accuse the prosecution and the police of putting stuff in bail hearings that have no intentions of introducing an evidence later on. But in this case, I mean, we can see from the background of what Ebony Hughes was accused of and what her, her father, you know, he was... Um, the head of a, a very violent mm-hmm. gang before his murder, and um, what he had been accused of in all those times, you can see how they, this has now fallen to the daughter, which, as she says, is very unusual. A very petite, very pretty, very young girl. Um, she doesn't look like your typical mob boss. But that's what the, doesn't, but that's what yeah. they have claimed the court. And I yeah. suppose for these purposes, because she is... Before the courts, so we don't want to say anything outside what has been said during this bail hearing. So let's talk about our father, Mark the Chicken Lavelle, who was killed in December. The chicken, where is that coming from? Chicken legs? (laughs) Yeah, Mark Lavelle, this is, it's a very interesting sort of makeup of a family. So they're sort of half Romanian um, and half the, the mother is obviously from here. She is from Ireland. The um, Mark Lavelle was one of those people who had sort of for a while he sort of went under the radar we knew that he was involved in all sorts of serious criminality but that obviously came to a head when he very foolishly some might say um, crossed the Shabani brothers who are you know the proper gangsters you know you don't mess around with them um, and so that was when he then there was an attack on his life um, he escaped the attack on his life um, but his dog was killed in that attack that got attack and then he was eventually then shot dead but at, at the time there was some papers trying to report that he was shot because the gang was trying to get Ebony Hughes his son and they couldn't get him so they just shot the father but you know that wasn't what I was told you know I was told that they were, they were clearly out to get um, Mark Lavelle that's why she said that they tried to kill him um, shortly before this and then they eventually shot him in Murray, um, outside his outside his home, he was sitting in, in Ardkane Park when he was shot in close range while he was sitting in his car, which is a very sort of common occurrence we see here. And those sort of hits, what people do is they'll wait until someone arrives outside their house, they'll turn their keys off in their car and they'll go to get out. And that's obviously the time when they're sort of vulnerable to attack. And that's we've seen that loads of times here. So this is a complex situation and there's a lot of big hitters that are going to be named over the next wee while in gangland. Some of them have passed away, but 
The Shabani brothers talk about them because they were certainly part and parcel of a southern uh, crew until they moved north. And they've been based in Newry for probably, what, 10 years? Yeah, and I mean, the Shivani brothers are, I suppose, they're fascinating. I know people who have known them and spoke to them personally, and they say they're highly intelligent, highly educated. They were, their father was Libyan, and they spent most of their childhood, part of their childhood at least, in Libya. And then they moved back when they were in age, when Nal Shabani was 11, and um, Ahmed Shabali, his, his, his brother, was 13. And they lived in Donamid for a, a while before... Um, they moved to Nuri. I mean, you would know better than I, but that's the sort of, mm-hmm. uh, they became involved in those feuds in the north side of, of Dublin. That is a saturated market when it comes to gangland crime. Yeah. Um, and the, the two of them were clever enough to realise that and realise, look, this is a flooded market. Where can we go? Nuri is right on the border. You know, you're across the border in minutes, but you have the sort of protection of being in Northern Ireland and a lot of those Southern gangs. At that time, maybe that's changed. I didn't particularly like coming across the border. And so they settled settled up there and set up their, their empire there. And they were feared and rightly so. There was a lot of movement actually around that time because... It was then that there was they were bringing in these anti-gang laws, you know, and um, a lot of people were afraid that there was going to be even tattoos were going to link them to gangs and that they were going to be targeted. So quite a few people scattered to the wind. It was a little bit like when the Criminal Assets Bureau set up. Um, they obviously went there and settled. Now, they were very much strongly linked to a criminal known as Mr. Big down here. Mr. Big would yeah. be one of the top targets of the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau, probably the top target in the country. I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying that. So they basically fell out with Lavelle and his crew. And another guy called um, Collie McDonald. So he had, McDonald had survived an assassination assassination attempt in Newry last year. He was lured to an industrial estate. I don't know where it was on the premise that they were going to, there was some sort of deal or some sort of peace um, peacekeeping mission that they were going to try and organise a truce. But when he got there, there was an attempt on his life. He somehow managed to survive that. The car that was involved in that attack was found on the, the other side of the border. But one of the Shabani gangs, a guy called um, Stephen Morgan, who is an ex-army, he's ex-military trained, um, he was arrested in relation to the gun attack on McDonald, and then he was then targeted himself in probably one of the worst gang attacks that I've ever heard of. You know, he was he was battered, his arms was broken, but he had acid, acid poured all over him, including all over his groin. Um, and he's completely scarred for life as a result of that. Um, so they poured acid all over his head, all over his arm and all over his groin. And that was, I think, when Mark Lovell's death warrant was was signed, him and his son Ebony. I mean, that's a violence beyond m- most of what we hear, isn't it? It's strange because, I mean, these. Uh, th- this is obviously Irish gangland stuff. I mean, these are just cross-border gangs. Yeah. But when you think about it, there's such a like I could say an international aspect to it. You know, the um on one side you have the Shabanis who are, are Libyan Irish. And then on the other side, you know, you have the Hughes levels who are Romanian Irish. Mm. Um, and so that that entitles you to access to quite a few passports. So as the result of the Good Friday Agreement, I can hold a British passport or an Irish passport or both. I can have both at the same time. And in terms of then the Hughes, then we know that Ebony Hughes had a Romanian passport, a British passport and an Irish passport. 
um, because of obviously his heritage. So it gives you a lot of documents that can help you move around the place because you spell your name using the Irish spelling of the name in one passport, the English spelling of the name in the other passport, the Romanian spelling of the name in another one. And you can see how you can shift around the place. And that's basically, there is a, this, this is Irish gangland warfare, let's face it, but there's also, let's, let's face it, you know, some kind of international aspect to it, which meant that they disappear and come back quite often, these people, you know, they'll be gone for long periods of time. Nobody will know where they went. And then the, the next thing you know, they'll appear back again. And it's interesting as well, because while this feud is centered in Newry, which isn't an enormous town, it's it's a very handy town to live if you want to cross the border a lot. Um, but there's tentacles that reach out further. We've spoken about Mr. Big being the top target uh, of the guards down here. But this uh, feud was actually brought up during another bail hearing involving two men who are charged in relation to a conspiracy charge in relation to the murder of Robbie Lawler in Ardoyne, something that we have been working a lot on over the past few months and we will eventually get there with our project. But anyway, we'll park that for the moment. But yeah, this was brought up, wasn't it, during during the bail hearing for Robbie Lawler. It was yeah. brought up and dropped fairly quickly. Tears, bail hearing, they brought it up twice um, in relation to this and they said that one of the objections to bail was that he was involved in another gangland feud taking place in Uri in which a man had been killed and nobody who had spoken that to at that time was, had, yeah. That the, yeah, and, and yeah. in reflection then that the murder of Robbie Lawler was so then by inference you would have been putting the Lawler murder in the middle of all that as well and listen there is no doubt these people's paths may have well crossed at some point at some point in time um, because they do because that criminal underworld they know each other either as enemies or allies um, and so there's there's a very real chance that Lawler the Shabanis all of these people have maybe crossed, crossed uh, paths at one point but there was absolutely no indication whatsoever that the two incidents are linked you know one is a very specific feud involving two gangs and the other one is a very specific feud involving two very different gangs you know so whether or not you know maybe sometimes somebody has done a deal for money or they've maybe purchased weapons or they've had some sort of fallout or whatever that could well have happened in the past but that wasn't the word linked I mean I, I still can't understand where that was coming from and it hasn't been mentioned again since so maybe the police Well Lawler would certainly have been said to have had beef with Mr. Big, Mr. Big's yeah. outfit had beef with him. Um, we just dwell on that for a wee moment because uh, it is it remains one of the most fascinating gangland murders of recent times. And Robbie Lawler was killed, of course, in April 2020. In his body was um, found. Well, he was shot dead basically in the garden of a house in Ardoyne. Um, two men, three men are now before the courts on sort of conspiracy charges. They're not actually up for murder. No, and the the thing about it is, is not even the defence have been given the information as to who the PS and I believe the actual gunman was. All we know is that the people who um, that they have charged, that they're claiming that they were involved in this conspiracy, either at a very low level or a very high level. But, you know, we do have what a joint enterprise murder charge here. So, you know, if you if someone is driving a getaway car in which, you know, they think someone's going to rob a house or rob a shop, but they're going to murder someone, they could find very, very well find themselves charged with murder in relation to that because of the joint enterprise aspect of it. So that's what the police are arranging. This is joint enterprise. Um, it involved quite a few people. But the interesting thing is that the people who 
are widely believed, you know, in the, the gangland world to have um, organised that shooting. One of them is dead, shot dead himself by distant Republicans. Um, another one is dead, and died of, and died of illness. Um, and the other ones were not even told, they were briefly arrested and released and were not even told in relation to what those statements that they give at that time or what was said. It's not even being disclosed to the court. There seems to be a bit of secrecy around it and it's something that, you know, we will dig down to and we will get to the bottom of. But I mean, it's a very tangled web, but the PSNI seem to be going for the sort of low-hanging fruit, if you know what I mean. You know, the people who are easy to get a hold of, the sort of maybe the low-level criminals who were hanging around these gangs probably thought they were great big lads, you know, knowing all these bad boy gangsters, but were completely out of their depth in terms of that. Um, and it doesn't seem to be that the people who had the most gain, let's say, from Robbie Lawler's murder um, don't seem to be in the loop at all. But I mean, you know, we'll find out more if and when that ever comes to trial. The slow pace of justice um, in Northern Ireland is something I was also writing about this week. You know, it feels, are taken. it feels like yeah. it's one of the Robbie Lawler murder. It feels like it's one of those sort of jigsaws that you, you'd sort of upend out of the box thinking this is going to be easy. And then you realise that it's just not. And you you were months and months sort of working on it, trying to bring it together. And mm-hmm. it feels as if that Lavelle murder, the Mark Lavelle murder would have been maybe out here as you're trying to get to the centre. It's summer. There's so many I mean, there's just so many webs coming out from that. We There's so many characters. Yes. There's so many agendas. There's mm-hmm. so many, you know, people who had beefs, people who had alliances, unlikely alliances, enemies coming together. You know, my enemies, enemies, my friends stuff. It's very complicated. And as you said, it's a jigsaw. And right now, you know, someone has a whole lot of the pieces in their back pocket. They're in turn tandem them over for it to be put together, you know, exactly. um, for us to get to the bottom of exactly what's going on. Yeah, but we we are making some progress in it, and uh, we will. The Cagney and Lacey of the Crime Report yeah, world. Right, we'll get we will. To the a few more glasses of wine, maybe to help us along the way. But nonetheless, <laughs> we will get there. We will. But it feels like it's almost. It feels like it's like a snapshot into what is happening yeah. in gangland in Ireland and who's with who. And you have sort of the Dundons in Limerick. You have the the Drogheda feud and all that's going on there. The Maguires. You've Cornelius. Price, you have Mr. Big in Dublin and you have all the characters then up in the north. And it's like as if we're just getting oh, a, yeah. a view into what's happening in just one moment. You, you, you were born, born crossing the son of, a, a, you know, the guy who was at one stage in charge of the continuity IRA in Northern Ireland. His son chucked into the middle of all this mm. and he's gone down in the street by dissident Republicans, you know, a few months later, it's all, it's a, you know, it's a very tangled web. It is. And I can't wait to hear it on a 10 part podcast that will be coming out <laughs> next year. Stay tuned. <laughs> but anyway, yes. So look back to the original point yeah. of this. Women have a place in the underworld in gangland and it's usually on the arm of a man as kind of candy. Uh, We're also talking this week down here about there's been a move to kind of charge a lot of them on money laundering offences. There's been a a gangster's mall in the west of Ireland this week who thought she was going to get a suspended sentence having pleaded guilty to money laundering and she was told that her children will not shield her from the consequences of her criminality. She's been sent to jail. So, you know, the women have sort of always stayed in the background 
background, maybe there's been this sort of element of them, you know, teetering around on Labutan heels with their designer handbags, enjoying the proceeds of crime, but actually not getting involved in the crime, turning a blind eye or maybe just being too dim to understand what the husbands or the man is 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 doing. So this is quite unique and unusual for a woman to be named or to be alleged to be in charge of a group. Yeah, and I mean, from from uh, from up north, the role that we say that women women play, they provide alibis on occasions. They, um, as you say, oh, they are the money launderers. Uh, yeah, Burley met a drug dealer whose wife doesn't own the most successful nail bar in all of the world. <laughs> did you know what I mean? <laughs> or or an eyelash bar? I didn't even know an eyelash bar is a thing, but apparently you can fund four holidays a year to Dubai on one of them. You know, it's you no. Know, there's they provide that that role yeah. um, of you know they are the glamorous woman who and. and and then they go, I'm a businesswoman. This is my money. I'm earning this money. Um, and you're thinking, God, why did I become a journalist? You know, I, yeah, I should have done that. Yeah. yeah, I should have done that. That looks like it's... Um, but yeah, and they, they are starting to, to crack down. And then we've also seen here shops that are believed to be linked, whether it be her salons or nail salons or beauty salons, believed to be linked to the girlfriends of people who would be known to be high-ranking drug dealers being attacked. You know, graffiti spread on them, arson attacks. On one occasion, a gun attack, there were shots fired through it when it was closed uh, in the evening. But just these sort of wardens, you know, to the, the, the sort of money end of it, where the money gets washed, mm-hmm. um, that that then becomes part of the target. But yeah, we've never heard. I mean, I'm trying to think back, you know, I, I've never heard of a, a woman being named in, I suppose, a case like this as being the gang boss. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. We'd have women who play a very major role in helping keep that a, f- a front because they provide the front. They provide the respectable face, you know, of the drug dealing gang. They provide the alibis, you know, where was he? Well, he was with me. I can prove, you know, but they, they say that she is the boss and the boss of a, a very, very scary mob of people. It's mm, extraordinary. I mean, I suppose up the ranks a little bit, they get a status as being sometimes the first wife or whatever. Down the ranks is where, you know, there's a tragedy to it almost because usually we're dealing with sort of underprivileged areas, maybe marginalized areas where the women, some of them, the young girls, their hope is to grab the tails of an upcoming drug dealer so as they can have that status. And it sort of pulls them out in some way of what they feel is a hopelessness. I mean, it is, I suppose, when you think about if you looked at like working class areas in the north of England or whatever at one time in the, the 90s or 2000s, it was get yourself a footballer, you know, be a wag. Um, whereas, you know, and then the places where, you know, that we work, where we work, it was get yourself a drug dealer. A man who's knocking out gear, he'll keep you fucking in the yeah. style of which one become accustomed. Yeah, keeping your designer handbags. But anyway, look, a great story, a really interesting twist in that. And uh, that case is not before, is is that Diplock or not? It, no, it'll not be Diplock. That'll have okay. a jury. There is, there's a, you know, there's a mad load of cases that are attached to it because we talked about, you know, the whole Stevie Morgan and the acid attack on him. And then there was another attack. There was two guys sleeping in a caravan and um, a gang came in with hatches and tried to behead one of them and cut their hands off. That was then linked to that feud as well. This isn't the kind of feud where people, you know, were doing drive-by shootings. This is the kind of feud where they're 
don't ask it over people I'm trying to chop their hands off you know there's a there's a, a very an almost medieval like you know aspect to it yeah it certainly doesn't sound like something that's playing out in the streets in Newry the last time I looked but uh, Newry has been quite quiet since since Ebony Hughes has taken off and since the Lovell murder and obviously um uh, Whitney Hughes is subject to incredibly tight um, bail restrictions. The Shabani's are, are sort of tied down. I think now Shabani's still in prison at this point in time. Um, the Shabani's are tied down as well. But, you know, the thing about it is those those prison sentences, they might get five or six years for this or, you know, four or five years for that. And then it eventually all rolls around. And then what you even see is the next generation of them, the younger brothers, the younger sisters, they all join in on it as well. So um, I doubt it's over because the feeling between these people is so bad. I mean, this is proper, you know, fight to the death stuff because it has been so violent. So I doubt we've heard the last of it. Maybe some of the court restrictions are keeping a lid on it for now, but it could definitely kick off again. Right, well, listen, you have a million and one things to write as usual for the Belfast Telegraph tomorrow. Um, We'll talk next week and God knows what will pop up in the north because Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be yapping certainly at least once a week and putting out an episode which will be very relatable to people in the north of Ireland from here on in. So that is our aspiration, isn't it? It's amazing how much since we have started speaking that there is so much crossover. Like the people who you've been writing about, the people I've been writing about, all of a sudden we realise they're working quite closely with each other and that border doesn't exist when it comes to criminality. That's it for sure. Well, listen, Alison, thank you very much. No problem. Have a good weekend. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume the Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.